let's talk brands. When I mention a brand's name, you immediately have a reaction. If I say Costco, you may have a certain impression. What if I said Facebook or how about Bud Light or BC Hydro? The definition of brand trust is the confidence that customers have uh, in the brand's ability to deliver on what it promises. It can also come down to third-party uh, positive reviews that the brand receives or customer service, quality and speed, uh, how perhaps a brand handles their business from a political or a philanthropic perspective. Well, what is a brand and, and certainly what brands do we trust most importantly? Well, the University of Victoria's Guston School of Businesses, Business uh, always every year uh, releases an annual brand trust index. And I think this year might be their ninth year that they're doing this. Uh, and it's always a, a wonderful study to look at because it you know companies change but i would think the core issues in and around what makes a successful brand doesn't and it's always it's even more important to a certain degree in an era where you have culture wars as, as well where people may not agree with certain stances a company may take or sometimes companies don't take a stance at all should we now to talk a little bit about canada's most trusted brands is saul klein he's the dean of the gustafson school of business at the university of victoria mr klein thank you for joining us today Thanks. It's a real pleasure to be with you, Jess. Yeah, it's it's an interesting time to actually talk about companies and, the, and their brands. Uh, first of all, why does the University of Victoria's Gustafson School of Business do this every year? Well, we started doing it, as you said, about nine years ago, because we were concerned about the erosion of trust in society. Mm-hmm. And our belief was that we could play a role in helping to identify why trust matters and helping business uh, build stronger degrees of trust with the consumers. And certainly, we've seen the trust in institutions go down, but our society works a lot better if we trust each other. Mm -hmm. So it really starts off from that basis. We also wanted to try to see if we could demonstrate that um, not only was there no inherent conflict between doing the right things for society and being successful financially, but that one led to the other. Because too often we've heard businesses think, um, heard that businesses think there's a trade-off between doing well and doing good. Mm-hmm. So the, the trust index is a way to kind of close that loop and demonstrate that those brands that are serving their customers well, both from a functional level and a, and a, a, a service level, but also with respect to being authentic and true to their values and making a positive impact on society – um, will collectively do better. Is the ultimate question in regards to consumers and their trust of brands an emotional response more than anything? Um, I think there's an emotional component to it, but it needs to be grounded in reality as well. I mean, uh, again, the issue around being authentic in doing what you say you're doing is important. So, you know, at a functional level, trust is about keeping your promises. And you know, we respond very negatively when we engage with the brand and they, d- they let us down. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, it's about the quality of the service. Does the brand treat us as individuals the way we'd like to be treated? Do they r- communicate honestly? Do they fix our problems? Mm-hmm. But then again, the, the third level, and you know, maybe there's an emotional dimension to it, is, you know, we connect with brands who are doing things that we think are good. Um, good in a very, you know, in a normative sense. And Mm -hmm. certainly during the pandemic, we believe that those things became even more important. Mm 
mm-hmm. that we responded well to brands who were acting to foster our, our societal benefits, that treated employees well, that respected and protected the environment, that made a broader contribution to society. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think it's a, it's a more complex um, set of issues. But what we were able to show is that you know, trust is an important driver of purchase intentions, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't have you comment on each particular company, but I'll, I'll go through the, the top 10 most trusted brands for 2023. Uh, number one, uh, or share, sharing number one, uh, are two companies, a Mountain Equipment, uh, uh, the Mountain Equipment Company or Mountain Equipment Co-op, or what it was before. I think most, most of us still remember it with that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Costco. Uh, so those two companies are tied for uh, number one, one, two. And then, of course, you have Columbia Sport, the Canadian Automobile Association. There's Toyota. Then there's the vacuum company Dyson. There's Lego. Then there's Band-Aid. There's Dove. Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts. And number 10, or tied for number 10, is Ikea. And I do want to say here in British Columbia and Alberta, the number one company, once again, Costco, tied with Mountain Equipment Company. And then number three uh, would be Ikea. Uh, as well, and there's also Tylenol uh, as part of that as well. Um, are, are there regional differences uh, in, in this country? Uh, there are some. You indicated what um, the strongest brands are in Western Canada. Mm-hmm. If we look at Ontario, we've got a we've got MEC and um, Costco doing really well, but we also see Kicking Horse Coffee and Patagonia, so very value based brands doing well. Mm -hmm. Quebec, there is an affinity for Quebec-based brands, and Cirque du Soleil would come in number one there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there are some differences by region, by income, by gender. Uh, But for the most part, the brands that do well in one place will do pretty well everywhere. It's interesting for the mountain equipment company, um, you know, after the dissolution of its co-op structure, there was some bad press there uh, mm-hmm. in 2019. It's interesting in this case, they, they dropped, but they're able to get back to number one again, sharing number one with Costco, which is not always easy to do. Exactly. And I think that's a testament to the, the management that took over the company and really coming back to their core values building a very strong relationship with their customers, um, very clear focus on, on, uh, on, on the outdoors, and have been able to do an amazing job. And tying for Costco's is a, is a tough one. Although, you know, if we look historically, our top three brands for many years, and, you know, the order between them varied, were Costco, MEC, and uh, CAA. Mm-hmm. It's also nice to see them getting back in the top. Now, one of the things that you were mentioning, Patagonia uh, uh, in, in Ontario, that is also a well-recognized company, well-known. Uh, Patagonia would be one a company that's known for its values, as you say, to the mm-hmm. point where uh, one could argue they have taken a stance when it comes to the environment, when it comes to climate change, and to a certain degree challenging and pushing legislation in the United States at the state level and at the federal level, uh, some would argue, well, they're now, um, you know, getting involved uh, in something a lot thornier, which is politics. Um, You know, at the same time, you see uh, the situation when it comes to Bud Light, which is is owned by Anheuser-Busch. They had a a transgender influencer, 
Dylan Mulvaney mm-hmm. uh, promote the product. And, and I'm, I'm sure you know Bud Light has been doing this for a very long time, quietly, um, in low-profile way. But once you had a, an influencer uh, on social media, there was dramatic pushback on its parent company, on Bud Light and some of their other drinks. And once again, it, they got pulled into that broader culture war. Is there not some danger for some of these companies? While it may be values-based decisions they've made, they are getting pulled into politics and culture wars as well. There is certainly a danger. I think it's more pronounced in the United States where society is much more polarized. If we look um, from a Canadian perspective, I think there's more common agreement about some of those fundamental aspects. Um, Certainly, we see environmental consciousness playing a significant role um, across Canada. Um, And and consumers are saying that they expect the organizations they deal with to be having a positive impact. Now, they might define that positive impact, and if the brand has a very narrow target market whose um, sense of values are are opposed, it's a problem. But as long as the the brand is taking a stance and it's uh, fairly well aligned with where where their market is, Mm -hmm. um, it's a positive. Because we seem to be more averse to brands who don't take a stand. And we're saying, you know, in, in the world we're in today, we expect brands to be making a positive impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, uh, is the business community, these companies, are they, you know, are Canadians less trusting today or, or just they remain skeptical still? I mean, that not just directed towards yeah. companies, but generally we're a conservative skeptical lot. Uh, uh, how do you think we overall view these companies? I mean, you still view them as, as forces for good? Yeah, well, well, interesting, in our data, we're seeing the average level of trust in the brands we measure, and this year we measured 406 different brands, has been relatively constant um, at an average. Now, what we've seen, though, is the shifts have been on individual brands, where something's happened that's led to either the brand or, the, in some cases, a whole category decline um, quite precipitously, and then it takes a longer time for um, brands to recover. A lot of it also depends on what's happening in the world around us. And you know, this year in particular, uh, one of the themes that we were looking at in the trust index is the impact of inflation mm-hmm. and what that meant for which brands we trust and which brands we don't, even in the same categories. I think it was interesting um, leading up to this interview, the business report was talking about inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, so the inflation has differential impact in different sectors. And the one that's attracting a lot of attention, actually just this week, is around grocery stores, mm-hmm. where we've seen food inflation hit 9% or, or come down only to, you know, to 9%, but it's an enormously high number, has a very differential effect that some grocery stores did really well. And Costco would be the prime example. Mm-hmm. The others um, did not do well in trust. And I think you know, the Competition Bureau or board also came out with a report yesterday talking about concentration in the grocery sector, suggesting that um, a bit more competition would be healthier. So I think some of those factors all come together to give us a different sense of 
what's happening in the market. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm just looking at the the the, the brands that fell out of favor. Uh, Loblaws, which is of course the central Canadian grocery chain that you were mentioning, down 17 percentage points in regards to falling out of favor, uh, and they fell harder than Twitter with Elon Musk and his controversial comments around Twitter. Air Canada has fallen as well. But once again, you can think back to the um, Christmas travel season and some of the challenges that airlines had, and particularly Air Canada. Airbnb went down as well. Once again, when you talk about the housing crisis and access to housing, many have said that, you know, these uh, uh, renting out homes to Airbnb or Airbnb using these properties have taken out uh, um, housing stock out of communities. So you can see some of the impact some of these companies are, are, are feeling uh, as well. It's a fascinating study and I recommend uh, everybody that uh, is interested in branding and companies to check it out uh, at the, the UVic uh, uh, Gustafson School of Business because it is a, it's a fabulous read and uh, it uh, is definitely um, uh, where I certainly gained a lot of insight today as well. Dr. Klein, uh, Dr. Klein, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure.